It's Josh and Tom devour the world. Yum, 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 yum. Live from Asheville, North Carolina. Well, I assume it's live. We were alive when this happened, right, Tom? Yes. I just checked I my pulse. I'm still working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. I'm Josh Battenhorst, one half of your hosting team. And I'm uh, the other half, Tom Chalmers. And, and together, we, we are wholly excited to bring you our podcast. That's right. It's an eventful podcast, and yes. we'll find out a little bit more about why we say those words in just a few minutes. So, but uh, first, Tom, I think we should let the folks know why we do this t- podcast. Yes, back there in the quarantine times, uh, we found ourselves reaching out and uh, asking, so what, what have you been devouring of late, uh, which was minimal at the time, uh, even though we are people who living in Asheville were used to seeing music and theater and you know taking in good food and drink and otherwise. Um, so we were doing that and we decided to check in with other people along the way to find out what they've been devouring. And then as things have started to open up, it's been a nice chance not to only look back, but look forward at some things that might be exciting to devour. So, uh, you know, our, our standard refrain is what have you been e- eating, drinking, or thinking? I thought for this week, it might be, what have you been typing, hyping, or swiping right on? Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, what have you been uh, neglecting, expecting, and respecting? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's something that I like that you started with neglecting. I, I did because <laughs> you can you can neglect you can neglect you can devour by absence i think is, yes. a, is a topic that we haven't really like discovered very recently so uh, <laughs> uh, indeed um, that's our so that's great, our follow-up so, podcast josh and tom ignore the world yes <laughs> i've got a lot of experience with that uh so this week we uh reach out to uh, a friend and uh, someone that with his new position might have a lot to uh, tell. Um, this week we, t- we speak with Michael Pondle. He is someone who I first met in the improv world. He was uh, one of the most talented students I ever had and was part of one of the most delightful troops ever, skipping to the good parts. And then has also contributed to the story series that I do uh, wonderfully. And just uh, someone you're always uh, happy to run into for a good few minutes of conversation. Uh, and now he finds himself as a PR manager for Explore Asheville, where he is uh, helping Everyone who wants to know, just what should I do in Asheville while I'm there? So, uh, Michael, how are you? Thanks for being on the podcast with us. I'm so good, Tom. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, we usually do a one or two line intro, but if you want to tell people anything else they would want to know about you to understand who they're listening to this week, we'd appreciate that. Yeah. So, as you mentioned, I'm the public relations manager at Explore Asheville. Uh, That's the Tourism Development Authority for Buncombe County. I'm pretty recently at this position for the last four years or so. I was at WinCap, the Western North Carolina AIDS Project, uh, doing fundraising and communications for them. Um, I'm originally from Washington, D.C., and I love all things culture and performing arts, uh, love improv and theater. I occasionally write theater reviews for Asheville stages, um, although I have not done nearly as much uh, creative stuff as I would like. And I haven't done improv stuff in a really long time. I've probably forgotten how to do it. Uh- <laughs> oh, I've done that. But yeah, a little tie through. We had Edwin Arnauden, um, who is the, the movie critic and also does some other things uh, on a few episodes back. So uh, 
uh, he sort of gave us some things to look forward to for movies and we're, we're hoping you can do so for um, some other events in the Asheville area. Uh, well, great. We're again, uh, really happy that you're here to uh, to play our game. And um, Josh, we feel like we've said everything we need to say. Well, to, I think before we slide too far past your your most recent job with WinCap, I, they have the one of the best fundraisers ever, which I love to take part of, is the Dine Out for Life, which fits right along with the Devour theme. Uh, there's really nothing I like more than an than an excuse to go out to eat. And uh, it is one fundraiser that I always find a way to take part in. Uh, and so uh, just you know, kudos to them and to that, uh, that venture, even though you're no longer a part of it. I just don't want it to slide by without mentioning what a, what a great idea that has been. And I hope it is, uh, continues to be successful for, for them, even if you're not a part of it anymore. Yeah, me too. I, I think if they uh, do it again next year, which they, they probably will, I don't know for sure, but I think they're going on 30 years of uh, that event now. And it started with like 10 restaurants and now it's over a hundred. Um, and it always raises, you know, like a hundred thousand dollars for HIV and harm reduction. So it's a really great event. I love how naturally competitive people are in any arena yeah. and coming to Asheville, like you know, coming aware of it. I saw how people got really competitive about being an ambassador. So if you were an ambassador at a certain restaurant, you were basically kind of welcoming people, making sure the envelopes got distributed and people were always like, Oh really? Cause I'm doing the this year, you know, you know like really <laughs> bragging about what restaurant they got. You're like, Oh really? I got taco temple. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, but all good work that was done. So yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, but yeah, t- taking a few seconds to, to talk Not about that there's it. anything wrong with tacos either, Tom. I just want to make oh, that clear I to our audience. I didn't realize that I had tacos for both breakfast and dinner yesterday. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not intentional, just like that's what happened. <laughs> so if you end up the ambassador for Taco Temple, it's really more of a reward for just frequent, uh, yeah. like it's more like frequent. There anyway. Yeah. yeah. Right. He was going to be I there said, anyway, oh, so we today? might as well. <laughs> <laughs> slip him a few donation envelopes yeah. let him do his thing <laughs> well tom um, we always like to check in with one uh, of our hosts about what they've been devouring of late um this week and this week it's your turn to go first so tom what you what you been eating drinking or thinking well you think it would be tacos um but uh more than that uh, i found myself uh devouring john stewart over the last uh, stretch oh, of days. Okay. Um, and uh, just reminding myself of just the rare combination that he is of uh, funny, personable, informed, and uh, a little rightly pissed off at times. Um, and I uh, sort of was reminded of that, been listening to some other podcasts, was listening to Smartless, which is the podcast that Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes do. And they just okay. basically interview, and I just was, you know, getting to know that. Oh, John Stewart, great! And the way in which they were like, "Mr. Stewart, thank you for making us smarter and better people." And he's like, "Ah, oh, guys, what is that?" They were so humbled by the fact that, in which I was like, "Oh my god!" Even celebrities were like, "John Stewart, you told us how to feel about the world for so long. Um, thank you for that." And I do feel like there is there is a void. I enjoy the late night, t- you know, talk show hosts. Uh, and even Trevor Noah, I think, has done a fine job taking over the Daily Show. And I thought he was excellent 
particularly in, in the quarantine times, performing from his apartment and basically, you know, turning to himself often. But just the way that John Stewart, uh, again, just keeps things light, but at the same time really lets you know, no, this is not right what's going on in our country and our schools or otherwise. So I just started uh, watching a lot of clips from his new show. He's got a show on Apple TV called The Problem, which is a version of The Daily Show, but instead of trying to cover a lot of things, they're really just gonna focus on one topic um, as much as they can. Uh, there's a podcast version and a, and a TV version. And just, you know, for him to be able to like crack jokes, but also sort of call out like Janet Yellen, um, you know, it's just so remarkable. So I just was spending time with him and I don't know who else is like that, that can, again, have that, gosh, they can crack up funny, you, you know, improvise. Like he popped up with uh, Pete Davidson on, you know, Jimmy Fallon doing like the, the wheel of opinions or some silly thing. And he totally out improvised uh, Pete Davidson. It was way funnier. Although Pete Davidson's a funny guy. Um, and then in the same moment was able to like remind us of a social cause. Um, so I've just been spending some time uh, trying to download as much John Stewart and was just again, ha happy that I was soaking up all the content that he was creating at the daily show. And I'm glad that he has come back to fill that void of yeah, let's have fun with these things, but you can make Trump jokes all you want, but maybe we can sort of dial down. Uh, again, he, he really traced the gun problems to domestic, to domestic violence in, in an incredible uh, interview in, in delineation that you're like, yeah, why don't you know, people who are uh, guilty of domestic violence are not supposed to uh, you know, have guns, um, right. but the cops don't want to enforce that because often they're like, wait, sometimes I get a little, uh, slappy with my wife. Um, does that mean yeah. I have to lose my gun? Kind yeah. of thing. So he yeah. just—he's just, he's just incredible. The scope of of entertainment and and uh, information that he presents from his perch. Yeah, I was have not seen the show yet, and I'm glad that you brought brought that back to my attention because I did. I have wanted to check it out, and I but I did love the commercials that I saw uh, going into the show. The problem with John Stewart, and he was like, "Shouldn't there be a comma here?" Because uh, it's just it reads as the problem with John Stewart, <laughs> and I thought, I thought that's that that's fun. I like I like a good grammar joke. Uh, anytime I can get it, I do remember when I was in college, uh, and Craig Kilborn was the host of the Daily Show, mm -hmm. and was first kicked off by John Stewart, and we just never thought we're like ah nobody can replace the great Craig Kilborn, <laughs> and, and yet. You know, for 15 years, uh, not only was he re replaced, but somewhat forgotten, I think, in the pantheon of, uh, of Daily Show hosts, uh, for whatever reason. But, uh, but yes, uh, thanks for, for that reminder, John Stewart. Uh, Michael, I'll reach out. You are younger than, uh, certainly I am, and a little younger than Josh. Does uh, he hold a place, or did he sort of have a, like, yeah, go away, older white man? <laughs> You know, uh, not at all. I, I was deaf. I have a very strong memories of watching The Daily Show. I think it was. So let's see. I, I was I, I didn't I wasn't I was just too young to vote in 2008. OK, so I was watching The Daily Show towards like the end of the Bush administration and throughout the Obama administration. And I feel like Jon Stewart 
taught me how to be a liberal, like, because I certainly wasn't getting that from like my family environment. And in fact, (laughs) my dad loved John McCain. He really, really loved, like my dad was a Vietnam veteran. He had like ultimate, which like, you know, for sure, like respect, but John Stewart would make like, you know, John McCain jokes. And my dad would make me turn off the TV when he came into the room, which I think shows how like sharp the satire actually was. And as much as folks on the right kind of rolled their eyes and said, you know, he's a clown, it doesn't matter. I think it shows that he actually was very significant towards not just the comedy world, but like the actual discourse. And I also appreciated that John McCain would, I can't guarantee this happened, but, you know, go on The Daily Show. And, you know, he did back back in the days, one, I think people recognize the marketing reach. Like, yeah, if I'm trying to um, sell a book, it'd be good to pop up. But there I felt like he was pretty good with conversation without it falling into like, let me make you sit there and just list all the things that I think you're an idiot for, you know? So I, I, I thought he, he was pretty good because that, that doesn't serve him. They're, they're not going to come on the show. So you're going to get a, a lot of the same guests. Um, but anyway, and, so yeah, so I've been talking about getting Apple TV for a couple of reasons, Ted Lasso otherwise, but I'm actually going to go ahead and do the free trial um, to see all of the Jon Stewart, uh, the problem with, um, because it's, yeah, it's just so good. And they're, they've been good in not releasing everything to YouTube, um, which is, so many of the late night talk shows, they basically just do the show so they can cut it up and release it on YouTube the next day. Um, right. He's been wise to like, here's a teaser, but no, come find the full show, hear the full interview, um, get to know the, the full conversation behind uh, what we're focusing on this week. And the Daily Show, what a what just a parade of talent they were able that came out of that show. Okay. Probably a second only to maybe Saturday Night Live in terms of just comedians who. You know, of course, Stephen Colbert and John Oliver and uh, well, and Full House. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Right. Uh, they all went on to do Fuller House. Everybody, everybody. Yeah, everybody. Everybody came through uh, the that that. Uh, they just it was just very very smart, very talented people that that came through there. Speaking of smart and talented, uh, let's turn our attention to our smart and talented guest, Michael Pondle. Uh, now we we brought you on for a reason. It is the it is a season of uh, just so much going on in Asheville. Always, and the holiday season is no no different. And uh, just wondering, you know, we we wanted you to come on and kind of give us a, a little bit of a some, of a guidepost of what are you seeing and hearing at the, your in your position that uh, we should be paying attention to, and uh, maybe give us some some suggestions in the coming weeks and such. Oh my goodness, there is so much. I mean, I always knew that Asheville was a very robust community in terms of like cultural events and, you know, family events, but I don't think I realized just how much of a destination Asheville is for people all over the country, just like the fall color, which, you know, I've been here for four years, which I think makes me an old timer by Asheville standards, (laughs) actually. Um, And I never even really noticed, I don't think until this year, how beautiful and vibrant the fall color was. And it was a very late season. 
this year. Yes. It's been a very really good year. Um, and how it changes depending on the elevation. Um, so just now fall color is like hitting the lower elevations. Um, but then, yeah, moving forward into like the holiday season, I'm actually tomorrow going on a preview of the winter lights at the North Ooh. Carolina Arboretum. Ooh. I'm super excited about that. Yeah. It officially opens, I think, this Friday. And the cool thing about it is a lot of places had to transition, as you guys know, to all virtual formats last year. Um, so the NC Arboretum, usually it's a walkthrough tour, which is kind of different from most places where you sort of drive through. Um, right. And that can be very fun, too. But it really is cool to be able to see the lights in person. 360 degree view um so i think a lot of people are excited to get back to that well that's um, awesome because i've you know i've lived here for nearly 20 years and have been to the north carolina arboretum all of one time and uh so i'm going to put that on the list and and it's not too cold yet so uh so no. maybe earlier rather than later for that adventure uh, one of my most yeah go ahead. i'm sorry go ahead except my most <laughs> uh of fun memories of visiting Tulsa, uh, believe it or not, which I believe is where the or Oral Roberts University is, is as we're being brought, you know, uh, in a cab, uh, airport to hotel kind of thing. And the guy's like, have you seen the lights? You know, I'm like, is this some sort of, you know, a religious appeal? And he's like, no, like, you know, so have you, you know, toured the lights kind of thing? And I was like, no, no, no. Um, that's all right. But I was like, I'm kind of, you know, in town for a couple of days and know what to do. So, uh, uh did and it was in incredible. I mean, so no surprising that uh, you know the Oral Roberts University would uh, celebrate a Christmas all out. But you just don't kind of you know. So going through with someone who you know knew it, knew had how many lights and how many manual labor hours went into it, you're like, oh my god, this is quite uh, an ordeal. Um, but it it's worth it, you know. The little like, oh look, and the reindeer jumps over the road, and like you know, four different light fixture effects kind of thing and so i have to admit i was like yeah right and then after i came out and i was like uh walking around to everybody have you seen the lights you know i i, I became a <laughs> proselytizer i know I, as much of like a grinch as i can be i still get and if you have kids or bring kids to the light show they are like their eyes are like saucers the whole time well tom i i Every time I hear the, the term Oral Roberts, it just makes me wonder, was there ever an anal Roberts? I mean, but that's just where my brain goes. I know that's probably not suitable for some workplaces, but uh, I, there has to be a cousin. Uh, or, I don't think or, his or university anything. was ever accredited, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's more accredited, at least. <laughs> that's more the school of hard knocks, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hard knocks. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, so that is cool. And uh, so, yes, you getting to do a preview thing. That was part of my question was what has the submersion into this job been like? I just imagine that they just kind of, you know, pointed to a boardroom with all these binders just that, like on, on a conference room table. Like, well, there's A through C, you know, like what? You know, um, <laughs> so how is it that you have been encouraged to become aware of all that Asheville has to offer? It is a little bit like drinking from the fire hose. And I 
you know, especially coming from the pandemic where I was so shut in. And even though I lived downtown, you know, downtown was kind of like a ghost town and I was really not absorbing that much culture or events. But so I'm really just trying to do as much as possible while still, you know, having a life and being in grad school. Um, one thing that was cool the other weekend was um, a journalist from Billboard magazine was in town for Leaf Festival in Black okay. Mountain. And while he was here, he wanted to tour some of the music studio, the recording studios like Citizen Vinyl, Echo Mountain, uh, Sound Space at Rabbits. And I got to accompany him to some of these places um, and also dine at Benny on Eagle, um, where there's a new chef who is bringing in all these influences from the African diaspora um, and then tour Citizen Vinyl, which is super cool. They have a record pressing plant and a cafe and a bar and a deli. Um, and so again, I had not like been to any of these places. Um, you know, usually a place like Benny is not within my budget and, um, you know, citizen vinyl and echo mountain and places like that. I just not, you know, I don't really travel in those like musician circles. Um, so it's been really cool to meet people from different walks of life and their different perspectives on, this one place and what it means to so many different people. Gotcha. Well, Michael, it's clear that you need to listen to our podcast more because Josh, would you like to list all the reasons why we have connections with all the places he just mentioned? Uh, on our podcast, we have had Gar Ragland of Citizen Vinyl. We have had Jessica Thomason of uh, Echo Mountain Studios. And we've also had Claude Coleman Jr. of both Ween and Sound Studio at Rabbit. Uh, is the cafe open? Last time we talked to uh, Claude, they were still working on getting the cafe open there at the Sound Space. And I haven't talked to him recently. He's been on tour with his uh, little side project, the <laughs> Ween. <laughs> so, uh, oh, that little, yeah. that little garage band. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so it's actually funny you mentioned that because I was just looking into that today for our 2022 release. Um, we are obsessed with sound space um, at Rabbit's Motel, which, yeah. you know, if listeners aren't familiar, was a motel during the Green Book era. And they hosted luminaries like Richard Pryor and Duke Ellington. And now it's been reinvented as a music studio. And um a soul food restaurant, Areta's, is going to be put in that space. It's not open yet, but the food truck is. Oh, okay. So Clarence Robinson, who has worked all over town, his catering company is Cooking with Comedy. He serves up soul food and surprisingly a lot of vegan soul food options, like vegan collards and stuff, um, out of the food truck at the Rabbit's Motel space. Very cool. All right, back to other things, Asheville. Uh, when we get to the uh, you know the Christmas time, uh, of course, the Biltmore sort of uh, owns that experience. And my experience with the Biltmore actually worked there for a while. And otherwise, um, I am a little uncomfortable with the the affluence and like who gets to go to the Biltmore and who doesn't. Um, but when you are there, you do look around and go, "They mm, do a pretty nice job. It's pretty nice here." all those candles, all those flowers. This is really pretty beautiful. Um, so I can sort of harump from my lower class uh, position, 
But when I'm in the middle of it, I'm like, man, that's pretty nice. I can see why people make movies here. Yeah. Yeah, the Biltmore is, I had not been actually um, all the years I'd been here and I sort of went towards like the very beginning, right before I actually started working. I was like, I should probably go to the Biltmore. It's like the thing that Asheville, I mean, one of many things, but really it is kind of the cornerstone of Asheville as a destination. And you go there and you can see why, I mean, it's literally the biggest house that's ever been built in america the land of big houses <laughs> so that's impressive yeah i got to go um, that's one of my pleasures of having people from out of town come and visit is that it does give you an excuse to go do some of these things that are uh normally like tourist traps for visitors but uh, you know when you're when you're entertaining and my folks came into town uh for the first time after everybody got vaxxed up and uh, wanted to hit up the Biltmore. And I got to see the Biltmore really in bloom in the spring, which I'd never been in the spring before. I've still never been at Christmas time. So, um, so probably should make a, make a little holiday jaunt over there at some point in my, in my lifetime. But, uh, but man, the springtime with the gardens is just, for me, it's, it's, it's really something. Um, yeah. The gardens are spectacular and the designer of the gardens, Frederick Law Olmsted, who also did Central Park and is like the father of landscape architecture. He hit the 200th anniversary of his birth is next year in 2022. Oh. And so Biltmore is kind of celebrating all year with exhibits and tours and things like that. Um, so the grounds alone, even before you get to the house, is worth it yeah i did some gardening this weekend and so i'm pretty sure that i uh i deserve a ticket somehow for to mr olmstead's uh, birthday party i dug uh, about 30 holes michael can i ask and if you're like I, you know I don't, I don't actually work there <clears throat> they're also doing uh the kind of projected art series with like oh. Van Gogh and the, so is that the same thing that's going on in Charlotte and in other cities or sort of a version of it? The immersive Van Gogh, yeah, I've heard yes. of it. Yeah, I, I have not been. I actually am going to Van Gogh Alive soon um, with my parents. I, it's, it's the same, um, it's actually a company that puts on these yeah. immersive experiences and Van Gogh is the first one that's going to be at Biltmore and then they're doing... Monet and blanking on the third one. I'll look it up in a second. But yeah, as you said, it's these like projections and, um, you know, they even have like, they serve little uh, like appetizers, like food that would have been of that era. So they yeah, really yeah, try cool. to make it like multi sensory and it's I, supposed to be spectacular i did get to check out the chihuly when that the big chihuly stuff came and that was really incredible and and brave i thought you know and we're, it, we're not unknown to have hail in this region and i just thought i wonder what the insurance was on all of this glass that they you know just so bravely just threw out out i mean uh, uh, amongst the grounds and uh uh but yeah so um so exciting to, to see that. So what else you got, Michael? What else? What, uh, what else is coming up in the next month or two? Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I think sort of the, the big Asheville holiday trifecta is like Christmas at Biltmore, 
lights at the NCR Arboretum, and then the National Gingerbread House competition at oh, the Grove Park Inn, yes. which is That's another thing. How can you forget? It, <laughs> it had to go all virtual last year. And this year, I think they're doing like the first round of judging virtually. But other than that, it's totally back in person. Anybody can go. You don't have to be a guest there. Anybody can go and see all of the houses laid out. Um, and they're pretty spectacular, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is, a, that, that is something that I, we, I again, something I took my parents to, this, it was outside of the season, but they did have the big winners still on display in back in May from, from the year before. And, uh, and uh, you know, I was like, oh, right. I, I didn't even know that happened last year because I think that, I feel like that's so much of life. It's like, I, I didn't, I don't even remember if that happened. And uh, we, we were commenting yesterday about, I was trying to remember whether something happened last year or three years ago, because like, there's just like this hole of time that just feels like, what, when was that? When did I do that? You know, I think we should all get to just like knock two years off of our, our, our actual age and be like two years younger. Just, just like, you know, those two years didn't count. They just kind of like fall off the map and you just get to say whatever you would be minus two. I'm, I'm putting that out there. I think that it, I think I need a few signatures. I'll, I'll do a change.org like pe uh, petition, get, get that going. Can, can I get you guys as co-sponsors? I'm seeing some nods. Well, well, Josh, people naturally think I'm a few years younger than I am. So. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I've stopped I, I, recognizing age. Um, <laughs> I no longer. As I proved earlier when I needed to ask you what swipe right meant. Yeah, that's, that's I really should. <laughs> Uh, very young I am. Um, so, Michael, there are things that, get, that are nice, you know, kind of Asheville tourist events. I do like when Asheville gets behind things that feel particularly Asheville. So coming up in, in the early 2022, we do have the Asheville Fringe Arts Festival, which uh, I'm excited about. And I was happy to see that as something that is, you know, mentioned on the Explore Asheville website and, and pointed to as something to be excited about. So, um, again, our friends... Uh, uh, Jim Julian and, and Jocelyn um, ran that for many, many years and, and left it in a really good place when they moved on <clears throat> to Pittsburgh last year and are continuing to run other Fringe Arts Fest. But uh, for anybody who uh, doesn't know about the, the Fringe Fest, uh, what can you tell folks? So the Fringe Festival is, I mean, probably my favorite theatrical event in Asheville and and it always has been I mean I love fringe festivals in general um sort of the the first one and the biggest one is the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Scotland um but they've spawned all over the world and it's a space where new theater and edgy theater and sort of DIY theater and performance art um can sort of be given a platform to perform without the massive overhead that usually sure. comes from mounting a show. Um, and, and Asheville Fringe is one of the fringier fringes that I've been <laughs> to there. I, I, and I, and I understand that avant-garde theater is not everyone's best and not all of it is strictly avant-garde, you know, there's a yeah. lot of, I've, I've seen musicals and comedies and, and things like that, but there are a lot of things that you go into and you've just never seen anything like it. I mean, I saw one where there were big mechanical sort of stilts that people were on and 
there was neon body paint and heavy techno music and it was just kind of incredible yeah i'm not gonna see that anywhere else i got i've taken part in the fringe festival in a a couple of ways i mean we reasonably priced babies has performed as part of the fringe festival several years ago uh doing some improv i've been a part of a show myself and then um but then i also directed so at art space charter school where i was a teacher for many years i was given free reign to do a lot of crazy things sometimes. And one of those was in eighth grade in North Carolina. You're supposed to learn about North Carolina history and local history in particular, your own sort of like local area. And art spaces in Swannanoa, it is right down the road from both Warren Wilson College and uh, the Lake Eden area, which was home to the Black Mountain College. So we did a big unit on Black Mountain College, on avant-garde art, on performance art. And so I was getting, you know, 13 and 14 year olds to do their own performance art. And we were given a space at the festival. I remember one of the pieces in particular involved a wheelbarrow and all of these, uh, these different uh, sort of like well wishes that this person gave. And they were like printed out on pieces of paper and he gave them to all the audience. And then he gave them scissors and they all cut them out and they threw them on the ground and he vacuumed them up. And then he turned the vacuum blower up backwards and then blew them back out into the, into the like universe. And it was such this, I don't even, I, I you know, it was performance art and really smart. I thought from this 14 uh, year old. And so, and that wasn't the only thing I remember uh, our friend, Grayson Morris uh, comedian did a puppetry piece. So yeah, there's lots of, lots of fun things that, uh, to be found in the the Fringe Festival. I'm reminded, Tom, of when, were you here in the days when the Stoneleaf Festival was still happening in mm-hmm. Nashville? When I, when I was, yeah, first got to town right about then. Yep. Yeah. So that was a theater festival that really was. It was really great. The, the invited um, companies, producing companies from all over North Carolina, would come and do this weekend of theater at all these different venues and. Um, it was it was great. It was a great opportunity to see, you know, some of the groups out of Greensboro and Chapel Hill and, uh, and that, you know, you just don't get to go see unless you're going and watching it and going to those towns. And no, uh, no. just reminds me that I missed some of these festivals that we've we've had the opportunity to devour in the past. No, that was fun. I was lucky enough to be invited. I got to perform with the Redundant Theater Company Theater and we did something called Neat, a bar play. Yes, I remember that. Short plays staged in a bar, you know, so um, you'd sort of turn your attention. um, And yeah, so that that, that was a whole lot of fun. I mean, that's a a great company, you know, Willie Repley and Todd Weekly and um, Rebecca Morris and others. And uh, yeah, luckily they they needed a fifth and uh, I I got to be featured as part of that. That that was fun. Um, Yeah, yeah, again, there was was a lot of luck I had real early on in my time in Asheville. Uh, They tricked me. (laughs) well it's kind of like the taco temple thing you were already in the bar they just came in and were Uh, like well let's just go with this guy yes um so uh yeah the i thought we could do a little uh short term there are some things coming up uh soon Uh, for example uh saturday a couple things going on we've got the uh Asheville holiday parade which is uh, that saturday uh, it is. That? I didn't know. So, okay. It's always the Saturday before Thanksgiving, if that's my, right. my memory. So that's happening again, and which is um, sort of fun. Again, it's just lots of, um, you know, people waving from cars and marching bands and, and, and 
and twirling batons and things. Um, but uh, hooray, and right through downtown Nashville, <clears throat> I will say again, part of uh, one of another fun memory is I got to do the Santa Land Diaries for many years at the Asheville Community Theater, which Josh directed me in. And uh, so Asheville Community Theater had a, you know, contingency represented in the parade one year, and they just featuring kind of characters from the plays they had done. So, uh, you know, Crumpet from Santa Land Diaries was uh, included. And at that point, we, for whatever reason, were using a, uh, a segue um, for my entrance, because each year we tried to like outdo the last and what something we had, and they're like, how about a segue? So I had the segue. I was like, can I ride the segue in the parade? And it was awesome. I just was like, like whipping around, totally leaving my group, <laughs> just cruising around. But you forget like kids, when they see somebody in costume, they thought I really was like Santa's helper. And they're waving and you wave back and they're like so excited. You're like, dude, I'm some jaded actor who's just like, you know, happy I get to play with the segue. But because it was like, hey, they're like, oh, he waved to me. And all of a sudden, the, the 10 minutes of sort of like, whatever, you know, I went to like, oh, this is kind of responsibility. Like, I'm going to try to make as much eye contact and wave as I can, which is not easy from a segue. But that that was a blast. I, I, will, I will always enjoy the year I got to just tool around on the segue uh, up and down the holiday parade as cops were like, I don't think you're supposed to do that. Uh, and meow, right by him. Yeah. Nowadays, Tom, if you did that, all of those children would be watching their own little iPad instead yes, of yes. trying to make eye contact with you. Yeah. And it was it's just like, you know, you would have to be on the screen in front of them in order to make a, make any sort of contact. Which is why I've gone virtual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be viral on TikTok before the parade ended. Indeed. Um, so that's a, a, a good thing. And then just a little shout out, uh, uh, Asheville FM is also having a record fair this weekend at the Harris Cherokee Center which for, you know, vinyl collectors is a big deal. Um, and that's my early bird VIP tickets. I didn't know, that, I didn't even know that this thing happened, Tom. And then I, and somehow like Scott sent something out, uh, previous guest, Scott Bunn, uh, yeah. about the thing. I was like, what, this is a thing? I, I've got to go, I, I love vinyl. I, so yeah, so I, I've got I've got tickets. I'm going to get a tote bag and, and I'm going to fill it with records because it's for a good cause. Really, it's not just indulging my addiction to vinyl. <laughs> and then also coming up, I believe this weekend or soon, is the, the Miss Gay Latina um, yes. uh, event, which uh, I worked at the Diana Wortham and Pack Place many years, so was worked in support of that. That is not an easy event to clean up after, let me tell you. Um, there's a lot of powder and peppers. Um, not quite sure why the peppers. I guess that's some sort of commentary. Do you know anything about the use of peppers in that, in that world, Michael? You know, I, I can only think some sort of implant or padding, but beyond that, <laughs> a nice that salad that? as well. Yeah. Uh, have you uh, been able to witness the Biscay Latina pageant? I have not. It was, I had a coworker at WinCap actually, who was very involved in like the very beginning of Miss Gay Latina, but um I have never been, but I hear that it's an extraordinary event for queens and drag kings as well. Yeah. No, they do a great job. What's cool, there's also a, um, there's a, a, a photo exhibit at a gallery downtown right there on Biltmore of sort of kind of, because um, I think they're coming up on their 15th year maybe of the Miss Gay Latina. So they sort of got a, a photo exhibit of some of the past years because yeah, the, uh, the outfits and the makeup and everything is just incredible. Um, I mean, yeah, it is chaos backstage, as I have seen. But uh, once they uh, step out and they, uh, somebody did a nice little uh, documentary on it uh, one year that, that was well done. But anyways, there's a lot of cool things. 
So I, I like the blend of, again, yeah, a belt mower and the, you know, Christmas lights, but I also like things that sort of remind you. Uh, Asheville is something that people come to because there's a little weird here. Um, it, it's not just any town USA. Um, so right. I, I like the things like Fringe Fest and Miss Gay Latina that also remind you. Um, yeah, we got, we, yeah, Asheville still holds its place as, uh, uh, you know, uh, that you know, freaks are are, are often uh, uh, find themselves at home here. One thing I learned about um, recently, it's not technically in Asheville, it's over in Chimney Rock, but it's just a, you know, day trip away. I don't know if you guys have heard of this uh, repelling Santa. He what? actually like goes down Chimney Rock and <laughs> the conceit is that he's training, right? He's training on the world's biggest chimney for his big night. Oh. And I was like that, there's something very Western North Carolina of like, how can we get this beloved character down a mountain kind of thing? <laughs> so I thought that was great. Well, North Carolina has a number of like sort of unique uh, things that happen throughout, but you know, the, but the Western region has its definitely has its own uh, from the Woolly Worm Festival, which happens somewhere around here, to the Coon Dog Days out in Saluda. Uh, I know it's probably it's not uh, popular with uh, with a lot of folks these days, but the the Possum Drop has always been a thing that I just would I just I just adored that that happened. I was like, oh, you know. It, yeah, that possum probably was being mistreated, but uh, but it, you know, it's just such a different thing. <laughs> you know? I thought that the possum was kind of worshipped at the possum drop. I think so, but I, you know, who knows? I mean, there, I think uh, anytime you're you're using a wild animal for uh, for the enjoyment of others, one one might one might bring one's motives into question. I've I've heard uh, it's lowered slowly. <laughs> um, so uh michael we're gonna uh turn our attention to, to josh whatever but before we do just anything else so yeah there's just lots of things this goes ahead but i was looking ahead i i love the idea there's something going on next year called hexpo the gathering paranormal horror horror and metaphysical convention Ooh. Not heard of that one. That sounds incredible. That I'm is, sure that I, I don't know when that is, but I'm sure I'll feel it coming right. on before <laughs> right. it's here. That's August 12th and 13th of next year. Ah, okay. see, you knew you could tell just minutes ago. You knew <laughs> yeah. that you would find out somehow. <laughs> right, exactly. And my other favorite listing there was something called Cat Show. Cat Show. Come watch the fur fly with over 200 pedigree cats. Ooh. Wow. That's I incredible. That. Uh, maybe Asheville's attempt to um, miss to 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 step up above Westminster is the, uh, you know they have, they may have their puppies but we got the kitties. Well, we're known as such a dog friendly town, which is fantastic. But I'm a big cat person, so it's really Are great you? to see the cats get some love as well. Yeah, I have my little my little tailless oh, cat there, Smokey. There they are. Maybe I'll try to enter him. And you can also see my filthy apartment. Um, but maybe I'll try to enter him in the show. There you go. Um, so I know I just shattered a couple of fun ones. Uh, last thing, anything else, uh, 2021 or 2022 that you, uh, whether from your job or just from who you are going, that's always a good time or that should be fun. You know, there's so many things that had to be 
canceled or yeah. toned down over the pandemic. Obviously, Blue Ridge Pride, they sort of, it was going to be in person in 2021, but then the Delta wave really picked up. So yeah. they did decide to take it virtual, which was probably the right move. But I'm really hoping that can come back in person in 2022. Um and then, yeah, along that same line of festivals, there are just some amazing things. The Asheville Beer Week, the Asheville Celtic Fest. Um, there's this cool thing happening next October called Flacktoberfest, which is a celebration of Roberta Flack. Which yes. I, I don't know much of the details about that, but it sounds really cool and exciting. <laughs> uh, great. Well, so, Josh, maybe uh, you might. Let's have a little Josh Fest right now and uh, tell us what your devourer is this week. Yeah, yeah. So thinking about all of these attractions, many of which are familiar, you know, I tend to, in my listening habits, do uh, tend to fall into some some ruts, right? Uh, particularly not just podcasts, like where I'm, I'm you know, always listening to the same podcast, but also music. I'll get into these sort of musical ruts this summer was just listening to a, a ton of fish because I went to go see a couple of the shows live and I'm always listening to the Grateful Dead. And it just kind of seems like, you know, uh, it, and maybe throw some talking heads in there and some ween. And that's, that's basically what, what you get, you know, uh, 90% chance if you throw on Josh's music, that's what you're going to get. But uh, so this last week I've been trying to just really be intentional about taking in new music and trying. So this, this has been a week of devouring trying to just devour some things that I haven't listened to before and have had an opportunity to hit, hit on some new things. Heard a great, one of the best places to do that that i found is local radio station, WNCW. They have just such a great um, lineup of local musicians and sort of music within a genre that I, uh, you know, find familiar and enjoy. And, but also there's, um, you know, it's funny because I say I'm, 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 was actually listening to Fish Radio in order to hear some of this new music. There's uh, John Fishman from the band DJs a long, like six hour set every uh, week or two called The Errant Path. And so and he always like brings in some music from Africa or, you know, that I just haven't heard of, like the, the, uh, the Durder uh, band, which is like a just great, just this, just really great African Afrobeat music and then um and then I heard an Otis Redding song that I could not think of the title after I listened to it and finally found out that it's uh, uh nobody's fault but mine if you've never heard that song make a make a note and go check that out and then uh most recently heard a new tune by Margot Silker uh called Broken Arm in Oregon that just will break your break your heart wherever you are is what it will do because it just yeah. is one of those songs that makes one of these uh, kind of like left turns at the end that you just suddenly realize, oh, that's what this song has been about the whole time, you know? Uh, so, and, and it's, it's kind of devastating. So I highly, I would recommend that one too. So uh, any new music that you guys have perhaps devoured that uh, you could share with me since I seem to be in the mood for devouring the new, not the nude, the new. <laughs> I did catch a, a, a band last night called Bendigo Fletcher, a band out of okay. Louisville that uh, is real good. And, um, that's my thing. Like Asheville, got to pay attention to the midweek shows. Like there's a, re you know, like most of the better bands go to the bigger cities on the weekend. So we get sort of the, the debris, um, during the, the week. So pay attention. But yeah, their last album was, uh, 
produced by um, uh, a guy from Uncle Tupelo and uh, Wilco, Sam Coomer, I think is his name. Okay. And it's got that nice sound of like, yeah, Uncle Tupelo, little Avid Brothers, little Dawes in there. And uh, yeah, not that big of a crowd because it's kind of a midweek show that not many people know, but just, you know, sitting there kind of going, oh yeah, in a couple of years, these guys are going to be on the stage at the Orange Peel and then eventually on stage at the Civic Center. The, the idea of not a very big crowd is a huge attraction to me these days as I'm just yeah. sort of dipping my toe into the water of going yeah, out indoors to places. So, uh, so yes, remind me of that the next time uh, our friend Sarah Blanton suggested that, that to me uh, on Facebook and I, and I kind of went, Hmm, okay. But, and so maybe I should have made the trip. I'm hearing. Yeah, they were strong. Um, Michael, what's, what are your musical uh, absorptions these days? So over the last week, I've been listening to the new, I never thought I'd say this, the new album from ABBA. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but ABBA. I've been, I've been ABBA adjacent a little bit. Like I've saw, saw that they were doing some promotion, but I thought it was for something that they'd already put out, but no, this is new music, huh? This is actual new music. Their first album in 40 plus years. Holy Um, Swedish meatballs. (laughs) It's <laughs> and you know what I, I I don't I don't know if I am uh, devouring it the way that I would devour sort of their greatest disco hits, but some of these songs are pretty catchy and nice. damned if it doesn't sound the same as the stuff they were putting out in 1979. I don't know what they did in the studio, but (laughs) it sounds exactly like ABBA should sound. (laughs) That's amazing. I I noticed that Radiohead also released their uh, sort of like um, Amnesiac and Kid A sort of like called the Kid Amnesiac uh, uh, sort of re-release with, um, and some of the songs, most of the songs sound like the original release, but some of them don't. And some of them I like a little bit better. So uh, I would also recommend that one if you're a fan of Radiohead at all. Uh, it, it is not new music, but it is uh, old music that was, you know, it's, it's kind of like these takes that they had. And they're like, well, maybe that's the song, but then let's do another take. And it kind of went another way, you know, and that ends up being the, the song. And uh, so it's it's nice. It's cool. It, I think it's always cool to hear songs in new ways that you haven't, you know, that you've gotten used to. Um, you know, ABBA has gotten the treatment from a number of people through the years. Uh, most poorly, I think, in Mamma Mia, the movie by oh, who was the who was the British fella that tried his heart out? Uh, that was uh, Pierce Brosnan. Oh, it was Pierce Brosnan. He was so bad in that. That like it's just like that. That was so painful. Like in. Looking back, I'm just like, was that a conscious choice to make someone do something that painful for themselves? Because it, it, you know, wow. I mean, it's it's clearly bruised me still a decade later, at least. And it's just like, ah, there were two dark. I think that movie was released the same year that the Rangers lost the World Series, and it was just like a double, just knife in the in the heart of both of those things were just real letdowns for me personally. That just says everything about you that you regard the Rangers losing the World Series and Pierce Brosnan's performance in ABBA on the same level and yeah. uh, that's why we love you josh that's why we love you. <laughs> it's a rough year for the culture it yeah. was it was bad it was bad michael it's been so great to talk to you again congrats on the new job and thanks for uh, pointing to a few things that people here in nashville are visiting might be excited about but before you s- we send you away i know you just mentioned listening to the new abba album but uh, when you're not trying to learn all things Asheville and uh, um taking preview tours of winter lights uh, anything else that you've been uh, devouring of late 
So one thing that I've gotten really into is audiobooks in general and the Audible app. And I was really entranced by the new Dune movie. Um, I streamed it on HBO. I know that it's been a little controversial. Critical response has been a little mixed. I'm a big fan a big fan of Timothée Chalamet and anything he does, but I really <laughs> love Dune and I had never read the book or seen any of the treatments. So I'm listening to it. It's like, you know, 22 hours on audiobook or whatever, right. but I'm just, uh, you know, mainlining it. It's so great. And I love the, the audio format and it's such a compelling story and such a fantastic piece of science fiction that came out years before Star Wars. Um, so that's what I've been kind of obsessed with lately. Very nice. cool. Nice. Uh, yeah. I, I like an audiobook and, uh, and have was making use of them and then have not done so, so recently. And uh, so that, that sounds like a good one to do. Um, so thanks for the suggestion. I do not that you are making a suggestion, but I'm taking it as a suggestion. And, uh, and uh, really, I've always wanted to read the books. And so now there's yet one more reason to do so uh, is your glowing recommendation. Great. So thanks so much, Michael. And uh, good luck uh, continuing with the job and uh, in school and things. And then maybe sometime along the way, you'll find a little time to uh, reconnect with your creative self because you are really a wonderful writer and performer. So I, I hope that happens for you more in 2022. I appreciate that. I will, I will try and connect back uh, as soon as possible. All right. Heck yeah. We'll see you out and about town. But see you around now, town guys. Up. Take care. See uh, but don't you go anywhere. Uh, we'll be right back after this and Josh will finish off the show as he always does with a song. And we'll get a good old take from Tom. Yep, yep. And we're back. Well, Tom, uh, thank you for inviting Michael to the show. Uh, always a pleasure to catch up with Michael, and, and it's awesome to hear about the work that he's doing with the CV, with the BCTDA, Explore Asheville, and and, uh, and and I'm excited about some of the things that are coming up in town, and I hope that our listeners are as well. Yes, uh, we have enjoyed some festivals here in town. We've talked about we did enjoy when the Moog Fest and Mountain Oasis was here. That was that was a real good. So yeah, Asheville can can host a good festival when it doesn't get it in, in its own way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so looking forward to taking some of that stuff in. But right now, we're looking for you to take us away this week, Tom, with your take. I saw a very funny uh, meme this week that somebody posted, which says, uh, uh, are you alone this Thanksgiving? No family to join you? Well, let me know, because I could use some extra chairs. Um, <laughs> which uh, I did think was pretty funny. But it did the first part did speak to, because why it works is that really is what I feel Thanksgiving is um, like Christmas has a, a different feeling of, you know, and goodwill towards men and all this kind of stuff. But I do think Thanksgiving and my sister-in-law, uh, 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 yeah, but made an offer to some friends. We're, gonna, we're going up there and she was like, oh, do they have plans? Because no one should 
not have plans on Thanksgiving kind of thing. And of course mm-hmm. they did. And I think they're still like, well, that was so nice that she just wanted to make sure. And I do think that is what's involved. So um, not, hey, can I use the extra chairs? But just that like, hey, if you are going to be spending this by, you know, again, if people can choose uh, like, no, I'm good. I'm really happy to have a few days to myself. But I like that idea of Thanksgiving being about like, hey, we just don't like the idea that someone is sort of spending this uh, holiday alone. So please, there's always this extra seat at the table for anybody who is going to otherwise spend it alone. Um, so I, I do hope we re- remember that and extend that idea as we move forward. But uh, also careful because yes, that's my, uh, you know, as it, uh, offers were extended, um, someone else said yes. And I was like, oh, so now they're coming. Okay. <laughs> but that's the test, which is, yeah, it's easier when there's smaller number of people you know all the accommodations and you just know what to expect and now it's going to be different so yes to to be generous there must be some level of oh that's going to happen yeah (laughs) yes yes indeed i am tagging along yeah Yeah. that's great that's great um some of my best memories and i love thanksgiving we used to do thanksgiving in oklahoma uh and um if you've if you've ever heard the the larry mcmurtry the james mcmurtry song Choctaw Bingo. It's about a big family reunion in Oklahoma. And ours was not near as eventful as all that, but it, it did involve, you know, dozens of people. And and so I have very fond memories of that. Since we've moved out to North Carolina, our celebrations are on a smaller scale, but still it's a very meaningful time and uh, lots, lots to be thankful for even in the midst of the pandemic. Um, so Tom, I you should be thankful that you have someone else to come along. I, I am sort of. <laughs> uh, but i am thankful that we are going to finish this podcast with a song and, and a song that you've uh, teased a little bit to, you you seemed excited to share this one this week so uh, yeah, i'm excited, I am excited. To- uh i've been working on it for a couple of weeks actually and a, sh- a shout out to our friend uh joe shelton who is a an author and songwriter himself and i kind of threw this idea out to him and uh, and he gave me some some lines that that made it into my version of the song. He's kind of got his own version that is uh, is more of uh, more Joe, and this one is mine. But uh, the the I recently had my own boss move off to Raleigh, and uh, this is a song that I wrote just to to make it. His birthday is this week, and I decided to uh, write him a little tune that would uh, make his heart work a little bit harder. Uh, as he wonders what happens at his business in his absence while he's so far away. And so this song is called When the Boss Goes Off to Raleigh. When the boss goes off to Raleigh, we'll all have a jolly good time. We'll sing and dance and wear no pants, buy nickels for a dime. When the cat's away, the mice will play, straight up the clock will climb. When the boss goes off to Raleigh, we'll all have a jolly good time. The kitties will hate diddle round on fiddles and guitars. We'll laugh till we're in stitches, then compare our battle scars. We'll wet our whistles on the job, our beaks will get a dip. When the boss goes off to Raleigh, we'll really let her rip. When the boss goes off to Raleigh, we'll make a real big mess. We'll spend most of the petty cash and give away the rest. We'll sing and croon, howl at the moon, indulging petty crime. When the boss goes off to Raleigh, we'll all have a poor jolly good time. 
men win will convince a county there's no sign of destruction as quietly we all go seize the means of production the means of production we'll watch the kind of movies that hr wouldn't show we'll install hydroponics the company will grow We'll shout, shoot past all our benchmarks with new Colt 45s. When the boss goes off to Raleigh, we hope we'll be alive. Eh, but while the boss is off attending capital affairs, we'll spend the corporate capital Xeroxing derriers, Xeroxing derriers. When the boss goes off to Raleigh, It'll be a bed of roses. We'll blow shareholder earnings straight up through our noses when he returns and pulls his car into the corporate lot. We'll tell him where to park it and hope we don't get caught. We'll tell him where to park it and hope we don't get caught. When the boss goes off to Raleigh, we hope we won't get caught. But when the boss comes back from Raleigh, he'll ask about our reasons and probably prosecute us all for corporate malfeasance. For corporate malfeasance. But if we keep our story straight, no one will give a pill. And then we'll have a grand old time when he goes to Chapel Hill. Yeah, then we'll have a grand old time when he goes to Chapel Hill. When the boss goes off to Raleigh, we'll all have a jolly good time. There we go. It's got a little, got a little fake ending there. With the, with the reprise. So faked you out perfectly as I thought I would. Um, there you go. Well done. Well, Tom, that's it for today. Thanks to all of our listeners for listening along. And we hope you enjoyed this one. And uh, we'll catch you again shortly after, I think after the Thanksgiving holiday has gone, wherever you're at, we hope that you're thankful for what you have. And uh, we're thankful for you. So that's it. Bye for now. Nom, 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 nom.